Okay, welcome. I'm delighted to be joined in the downtown den today by Steve Broomhead. Steve is the Chief Executive of Warrington Metropolitan Borough Council. Uh, Steve is also Chairman of a Warrington Rugby League Club. We'll be talking about the implications the COVID-19 crisis has had on rugby league and sport generally in a moment. But first of all, Steve, I just wanted to... Uh, Welcome you to the downtown den, first of all. Well, I'm always pleased to be in the den, Frank, and uh, thank you with downtown again. Business Club with Attitude, that's the strap line we came up with many years ago, didn't we, Frank? It was. Do you know, that was about 15 years ago now, Steve, when you uh, took to the podium at Sefton Park Palm House and give us that uh, very nice strap line that we've been using ever since. Yeah, I've still got my hair. I'm looking like compo at the moment, Frank. But uh, <laughs> come with the barber, come with, come with my haircut. <laughs> well, I was I was speaking on a call a few days ago with Stephen Young over at Lancashire County Council, and um, Stephen has actually uh, got some clippers and he's done a DIY haircut. Um, I won't be unkind to him and tell you what I think about it now, but uh, you may see the video and make your own judgment. Um, but anyway, on to more important matters. Um, Warrington, Steve, has been a hugely successful story uh, over the last 20 years or more now. It's really, as a um, town, punched well above its weight in terms of economic activity. It's seen as a, a significant cog in the wheel for the the northwest and for the wider northern powerhouse uh, but i'm sure like everywhere else it's been hit by covid19 the coronavirus crisis uh, and of course you as the local authority have been in a position where you've had to react not just to the health and care crises and uh, the challenges there but also in terms of economic development and business support could you just explain uh, how you tackled that and what sort of plans uh, you put in place in Warrington uh, to help businesses through this? Well, I mean, I think it's been about leadership and good communication, Frank. Um, uh, government haven't, haven't got it all right in the way they've handled this uh, crisis, but in the way that I think they've supported businesses, particularly SMEs, I think has been uh, generally very, very positive. So we've been really busy sorting out business rate exemptions for businesses making sure the grants that we're now able to offer dealt with quickly. And we've probably got about 90% of the grants out of the door within the, the first six weeks, because at the moment, uh, cash and cash flow is the oxygen that's keeping many of our businesses, particularly the smaller businesses, alive in Warrington. We also led a bit of a campaign with the Treasury. So there were certain businesses in, uh, in place of multiple occupation who were not able to qualify for, for, for grants. And we laid, we, uh, using our MPs, we've had a campaign to make sure a discretionary element of grant could be made available. I'm pleased to say about three weeks ago, the government did come back and allowed us along with others across the nation to do that. So that's been very positive, particularly those businesses that might move from home into the office for the first time, start-up businesses. So we've worked hard on that. And I think it's been about a wider agenda around, around reassurance. Um, the economy is likely to be hit for a while. But, you know, confidence is everything. At some point, the economy will come back. And for us, as I say, right at the start, this is about leadership, making sure we're listening to what the concerns of business are and making sure if they're eligible, then get access to the grant as quickly as possible. You're absolutely right, Steve. Cash flow has been the thing that has been the priority in terms of businesses, particularly smaller scale companies, of course. And 
good to hear that you managed to get that cash out of the door as quickly as you did. Uh, of course, you will be aware that there are some people now represented by a campaign called Forgotten uh, who feel as though they've slipped through the net. They've not had the sort of support that others have perhaps uh, enjoyed. Uh, and I know that, again, like many parts of the Northwest, Warrington and uh, Cheshire will have a good number of those types of businesses, directors that feel, as I say, that they've missed out on support and are genuinely worried about how they're going to survive the next two or three months. Is there still lobbying at a national level going on on behalf of people like that, Steve? Yeah, there is. Uh, and uh, any business in Warrington that's got an issue around its support, just ask them to get in touch with us and we'll do what we can. Sometimes businesses don't understand the complex nature of some of the criteria that have been established. You've got a number of businesses thought they weren't eligible. But within 10 minutes of a conversation with us, they were heading towards receiving a grant. So anybody who feels distressed or forgotten, just be in touch. That's great. And I'll certainly put the contact details from Steve up at the end of this video so that people do want to get in touch via us, feel free to do so. Steve, just moving into the the more the, the wider region of, of the Warrington uh, area, if you like, and, and Cheshire, because I know that there's been conversations taking place about devolution deals in the future so that Cheshire can perhaps play an even bigger role in that northern powerhouse agenda I mentioned. Uh, has Cheshire and Warrington been operating at a strategic level to support economic development through this crisis as well? Yeah, in, in many ways, like, you know, COVID's done lots of interesting things. It's deepened relationships. It's encouraged us to communicate in different ways. And across Cheshire, I think it's brought us together. The crisis has made us closer in many ways around economic development and responding to the crisis, such as working together around the supply of PPE. So I think uh, uh, whilst we were quite well together before and collaborative, I think as a result of this, we're even closer. I think later in the year, as long as government see, see it as a continued priority, we're wanting to have further conversation around a devolution deal for, for Cheshire. If there's one thing this crisis has shown, that centralised government does not work and the need actually to give out more powers into the regions, into places like Cheshire, to make appropriate decisions. And um, we're hoping the white paper that's been promised will be available, let's say, in the autumn. Then we can crack on and put forward our, our, our proposals for them to get some of those powers devolved out to Cheshire. Mm. I, obviously, Steve, you know, I'm on absolutely the same page as you as far as that devolution agenda is concerned. And I think, you know, although, as I've mentioned, that Warrington has punched above its weight, it would be nice to get Cheshire and Warrington at those uh, top table meetings with uh, a devolution deal in place that can bring even more resources into your area. Absolutely, Frank. And that, that's, our, that's our ambition. Um, the other thing, Steve, just before I move on to recovery plans for Warrington, you set up three or four years ago now, I think it was, a forum called Northern Power Towns, uh, which I think was done on the basis of ensuring that you know, big conurbations, particularly such as yours, uh, wasn't forgotten about uh, when we were talking about those strategic investments, that Northern Powerhouse piece. Uh, I'm just wondering if that particular initiative uh, has taken or made the progress that you'd have liked to have seen it made. Certainly, 
it was something that one of the Labour leadership candidates, the now Shadow Foreign Secretary, uh, took up as a message, didn't he? Didn't she, uh, Lisa Nandy? Uh, any sort of uh, actions around that agenda at the moment, Steve? Well, it's a, it was a model of inclusive economic growth. There was a feeling about four years ago that government attention was solely focused around the cities and the, the cities where there were, were mayors. So as a group of us, we continued to meet, argue our case. And you might say, actually, that the Conservative Party took up the, the strategy that we'd launched in terms of the way it's worked across the north in the last, uh, last few months as shown at the election. So we're still arguing about the importance of growth in towns outside of cities and to embed that within devolution deals. We're mutually supporting each other. So, for instance, Warrington will support Chorley on issues around transport and economic investment and vice versa. And we think it's a loose network and it's not one that's overstructured. Uh, and it's one that I think that can add value. And certainly it's liked by the private sector and it's also liked by the highways agency. You see it as a body to actually consult with around some of its plans for enhancing, uh, enhancing the road systems. Mm. Uh, and when you look at that agenda, Steve, do you reflect on that change that the Conservative government implemented some 10 years or so ago now, which saw the scrapping of the North West Development Agency and other regional development agencies across the country, replacing them with local enterprise partnerships? And like me, I have to say, think that that did have a detrimental effect on towns around the northwest because when we had the development agency in place of course you were chief executive at the time it was able to very directly take the views the opinions and of course the plans of many of those towns and enhance them and that lost that voice somewhat didn't it when leps came into being but certainly that's the way i feel anyway FFS, Frank, don't get me going this morning. It's a lovely day here today. <laughs> but of course, that's absolutely right. And it, it's strange for me to listen to the echoes and the rhetoric around levelling up. I mean, the whole mission of development agents in the north was to actually close the gap between the north in terms of economic performance and the south. And uh, that's what we were doing until we were scrapped. And now we've been replaced something you know, uh, 10 years ago now by local enterprise partnerships. They vary in terms of their performance and their impact. A lot of them are still not, unfortunately, recognised by businesses as their particular voice. But they are not able necessarily to do the closure of the gap between the north and the south. And that's why I find it really interesting that after 10 years, we've virtually gone full circle on this agenda. We don't have development agencies. We don't have a regional policy approach anymore. But people are still talking about levelling up. I just wonder whether the rhetoric and the reality will actually occur, particularly in a situation where public resources post-COVID are going to be very, very tight indeed. Anyway, I'm an optimist by nature, Frank, which is why I support North County Football Club, and you're an optimist because you support Everton. But we'll see what happens. Right, well, let's, yeah, let's wait and see as far as that's concerned. But you uh, are a man that doesn't wait around for other people's plans. You try and implement your own ideas, your own initiatives, and therefore I'm sure that you've started already to think about recovery and what Warrington can start to look like and how businesses can be supported post-COVID. So uh, how is that looking for us at the moment? Well, we're going to develop uh, for Warrington, uh, working very closely with businesses and other agencies like the health service, our own recovery plan. 
uh, that will be in three parts, people, place, and then the organisation. As a council, we're, we're going to be different, I think, the way we operate and the way we engage going forward. I'm slightly worried, Frank, that everybody's talking about developing a recovery plan. We may all have to recover from everybody else's recovery plans. My focus will be on Warrington. I, I would think there will be there will have to be a national recovery plan around some fiscal incentives and support businesses going forward. If the predictions of an L-type shape economy uh, are, are to occur, certainly hope that doesn't happen. But if you were to ask me, Frank, about the future of the economy, I'm a, I'm a bit negative about things at the moment because we haven't seen the worst of this yet, mainly because the government have kept the wolf from the door by some of their schemes, such as furloughing. But we'll have our own recovery plan here, and uh, we'll, work, we'll work closely with businesses to support them in Warrington. Are there any key sectors that you think can particularly come out of this crisis more quickly than others, Steve? You know, the, the sort of industries and companies that you look at and you think, well, we can invest in them and we get a win-win situation? Well, certainly technology firms, telecoms firms are going to do reasonably well in all of this. I think the importance is to remember the, the significance of manufacturing and the wider service sector. A particular concern for me here is the leisure and hospitality industry. It's going to take some time for that to return. It will return in a very different way than the structure before. But we want to have a very holistic and comprehensive approach to recovery for the town around people as well as place and business. And that's what we're doing. And uh, happy to talk to downtown about how we're going to do that and the timelines, whenever you like, Frank. Excellent. And when we get to the other side of this, Steve, you certainly... Uh, on the top of the list to get you along to one of our live events. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about that um, leisure sector, you know, hospitality. A lot of people forget that sports clubs, particularly uh, professional sports clubs such as Warrington Moors, of which you're the chair, of course, spend an awful lot of time now developing hospitality offers. The match day experience very different from what it was uh, back in the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s, I guess. Uh, and it must have taken a massive hit as a sport rugby league, but equally, you know, clubs like Warrington will be suffering financially as well. So just put your Warrington Walls chairs hat on for a moment, if you would, Steve, and tell us how that's been and what sort of challenges you're facing there. Well, obviously, it's been very challenging. I mean, income for the club... Uh, fell virtually away in its entirety. We continued to sell some of the um, um, uh, uh, shirts and other stuff for fans online. But the general income for the club has fallen away. We furloughed all of the all of the staff quite early on, and we've asked staff uh, on the on the playing side uh, to take a wage cut. That was a difficult issue for us to, to do that. Um, so it's completely turned the business upside down. We're a club that also does a lot of hospitality and also conferencing work. That's completely gone. So it will take some time for us to recover for that. We are now thinking about recovery and the way we're going to reposition ourselves. When the government gives the announcement that one, we can first of all, we can train and the second, then we can start to play again. We're hoping to play again in competitive Super League in August. We're waiting later this week to hear more about that what the format of the uh, structure of the league will be going forward. We've got to make sure whatever we do, 
It's uh, for the fans, for the uh, for the staff of the club, and for the players. It's a safe and secure environment that really matters to me. We're going to make sure that uh, players are tested in the right way uh, before we start any of this and going forward. Obviously, we are thinking about fans and whether we have to play behind closed doors. Playing, playing behind closed doors will not be easy as we've seen football. I did suggest early on that, as we've seen in the Bundesliga, we think about having fans either cardboard cutouts. One of my suggestions is unused sex dolls could be used for this purpose. <laughs> I don't know if you've got any Frank you can loan me on that. <laughs> but um, it's going to be a complex issue. I think as Boris is fine, it's one thing locking down. It's another thing to actually plan to release the lockdown in the right way to with its impact on the economy. So we're in the same position as any other sporting club. We just want to be back in business, but back in the right, safe and secure business as quickly as we can. Mm. Uh, and Steve, I suppose inevitably in England, the Premier League has been highlighted as the uh, the be-all and end-all almost in terms of how we get out of lockdown as far as sports is concerned. But it seems to me that, you know, beyond Premier League, um, and even some clubs within that division, by the way, are expressing financial difficulties. There doesn't appear to be a massive amount of talk, discussion, conversation about how we secure the future of those club sporting organisations that, let's face it, are hugely important to the culture of any town and city. I wonder whether behind the scenes, sports ministers and others have been reaching out to you. Well, they have. I mean, in relation to rugby league, we're the only sport that's been given uh, government support so far financially. Mm. Uh, they offered us uh, about a month ago £16 million in loan to the game. It's a, it's, it is a loan, it's not a grant. That we are currently looking at the terms and conditions of those loans, which are quite attractive. And those loans are there to make sure you've got cash flow in rugby league clubs particularly at the, not so the Super League level, but the leagues below, clubs that you know basically live from hand to mouth day by day. So that loan scheme, I think, is recognition of the importance that Rugby League has, in particularly in the north of England, on its community and the way it works with its community. So that's been really very, very good. We're very grateful for government for seeing Rugby League as an important community-based sport and their support regarding these, these loans. Mm. That is good news. It's good to hear. And Steve, you did um, sort of reference this in your remarks earlier about levelling up and you know how much appetite there will remain within government for some of these big ambitious infrastructure schemes that we've been looking forward to uh, in the region for many years now. So uh, HS2 and Northern Powerhouse Rail, uh, are those the sort of things that you think may be under threat or was it other issues that you had in mind when you made that remark? I think uh, I was pleased to see the commitment was given to HS2 right at the start of this crisis. But other issues around Northern Pass, rail and other major road schemes, I cannot imagine that they are going to easily survive a prioritised list, given the very tight budgets that's going to be going forward in the public sector uh, post-COVID. Uh, this has to be paid for. The government's support, particularly business, Frank, has been really good overall. But it's, uh, on furloughing, uh, the, the bill is probably 10 times more than it was when they thought they first launched this. This will have to be paid for. Unless we were going to be a, this, this government's be a conservative government that's going to continue to live on borrowing. 
in many ways, it looks like Corbyn's manifesto has been put into place by by Boris, actually, when you look at what actually has happened with the crisis. And to Boris's credit, I repeat, I think the support for business has been very, very good. But I think going forward, the public purse, not just for councils, but overall, is going to be very, very tight. I'll be thinking there'll be one or two major casualties of that in the infrastructure investment uh, area. Now, listen, Steve, I know that you wouldn't want to end on anything other than a positive note because uh, you are definitely a glass half full sort of guy. So what message would you give to, to Warrington Cheshire businesses uh, in terms of the future? What are the sort of optimistic notes that you think you can leave us with today? Well, I think that's let's learn from the experience we've had in the last 10 weeks. We've all worked in rather different ways. We've built new relationships. We've communicated in different ways. We have to maintain that going forward. We've innovated and done things so differently. We wouldn't have done them before. We don't want to lose that. And we've got to remain working in partnership, being together is stronger than being apart. And that's trying to support everyone to get through the last phases of this and then trying to get back to some form of, of normality. Steve, it's been great to have you in the downtown den. Thanks, Frank. And as I just love that when you, when you get going again, Frank. Uh, well, fingers crossed. I'm sure Mr. Ancelotti's got great plans for us going forward. And, and, uh, I look forward to seeing you clapping your hands when the, when the Reds lift the trophy finally, Frank. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll wait a long time, mate. Um, but I'll, I'll hopefully see you in the flesh in the not-too-distant future at a downtown event. Okay, Frank. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye.